Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And this week we're chatting to Oliver Camp. He's a journalist and author. We're going to be chatting about his book, Mending the Mind, The Art and Science of Overcoming Clinical Depression. I suffered very severe depression for a prolonged period, quite a discreet um, experience. I'd never had it before. I've never had it since. I suffered a very precipitous downturn and a descent into what was diagnosed as severe clinical depression. Um, I can recall the day when it occurred to me. It was at the end of 2013. And quite suddenly, I was out in central London. And I realized that something was wrong mentally, because I could not remember things. And I found that I was unable to recall even my home address, which made it extremely difficult for me to get home. It was the start of a very steep descent into uh, a depressive disorder. It lasted in a very severe form for a year and in a somewhat less pronounced form for a little while after that. I have, like everyone, had my emotional ups and downs in life and felt low mood and uh, sometimes been upset or sad or grieving. But mental disorder is something quite distinct from all of those natural human reactions. And that was my experience of it. One bout, very severe for a long time, which I managed to recover from and have been um, not quite my normal self, but in some respects, a better than 
better than normal self ever since. For that first bout of depression, what did you do? Did you seek help? Did you take any medication to get through that? I did seek help, but it took quite a long time to find the right help. When I was suddenly, I knew, stricken, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that my mind was not working properly, I eventually, it took me a long, long time, took me hours, I eventually found my way home um, from central London to east London and put the covers over me and, and, uh, and just lay there for about 24 hours not knowing what to do. Then I wrote in some distress to close friends who realized that there was something wrong and began to wonder what had happened to me. I did eventually find treatment that worked. It's a very common form of advice and very good advice to people who suffer um, psychiatric disorder that they should get out and about, they should be in the open air, they should exercise, they should do things. And all of this is very good advice um, for, for, for mental as well as physical well-being. But my depressive disorder was so great, I needed specialist evidence-based treatments that do work, um, pharmacological and psychological interventions, psychoanalytic, uh, not psychoanalytic, psychotherapeutic interventions. And what I wanted to stress with coming out as having suffered uh, from severe mental disorder and written a book about it is that um, you shouldn't feel if you're um, if you're experiencing these very um, frightening things, you shouldn't feel in any way that there is a stigma attached to um, to, to professional treatment. Um, my experience was uh, in accord with the clinical literature. Um, these treatments, these interventions don't work for everyone, but they work um, for most people most of the time better than a placebo. And the things that worked for me were first um, antidepressant medication, which stabilized my emotions, and second, a series of psychological interventions with an expert clinical psychologist um, uh, aiming to, um, uh, to, to, to shift the stubborn patterns of depressive thought that had accumulated in my mind over quite a long time. What were some of the, the key sort of suggestions um, that they made to you? Um, I read in the book um, there was some very, fairly basic ones, but I, I think people would find them very helpful. For instance, reaching out to old friends um, stood out to me as, as one. Were there sort of any others um, that really made a difference to you during that time? Yes, I was very fortunate in two respects. Um, in my personal and professional life, I had and have close friends who were so um, uh, unaccountably devoted that they had me to stay for part of every week just to make sure that this happened, this went on for months. Um, they had me to stay for part of every week um, in their spare room just so they knew that I would be able to get to work, um, eat and, um, and, and, and not, um, not cocoon myself in, in, in my home. And second, I was very fortunate in professional life in that my employer, uh, my employers um, absolutely stood by me. I knew that there was something wrong uh, and my, the quality of my work as a professional writer had deteriorated dramatically. And um, senior management said to me, you have paid your dues to the company. We are going to support you 
in your efforts to get well again. A lot of people who suffer mental disorder don't have the sort of um, support from an employer um, that I did, and that made a, a, a huge difference. And 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 it's uh, undoubtedly I was a net drain on the company. I hold a, an important um, role um, as a senior journalist, and I just wasn't able to do it properly. And I was very very fortunate in that respect. And as I say, the the, the crucial element in my recovery was. Um, specialist intervention. Um, I saw uh, my GP who uh, identified what I was suffering from and referred me, first of all, prescribed me antidepressants and second, referred me to a psychological practice that I found the most important element in, in getting well again, in, in that uh, a skilled and expert clinical psychologist with a with a very empathetic nature she um she she almost uncannily assessed what was going through my mind and was able through um psychological intervention to shift the stubborn patterns of thought whereby i assumed the worst assumed that everything was catastrophic assumed that i was depraved and evil beyond hope of redemption and eventually managed to acclimatize uh, me again to to the world and the, the, the social world of work and relationships. Mm. Um, tell us more about the book now. So when did you decide that you wanted to write a book on the subject? Because obviously for a lot of people, it's one thing to go through something like this, but it's a whole other thing to decide um, to write about it. Yes, when I was suffering from severe depression, as I say, this was 2014, pretty much the whole calendar year of 2014. And um, some significant time after that, I could never quite turn off um, the um, my, my instincts as a journalist. And I thought, uh, despite myself, uh, this is a terrible thing to go through. But it's actually quite interesting that the world seems completely different from how it was when I was well. And... I am a writer, I ought to take account of this and eventually one day write about it in the hope that others who go through this experience will uh, get some reassurance that there are um, avenues of help and expertise on the part of medical and psychological professionals that can get you through it. And the clinical psychologist I saw um, was very, uh, among her many qualities, she was very gracious. She, she said um, she had not had a, a client or a patient before who was quite so interested in the mechanics of the treatment as I was. And I wanted, when I got well again, to be able to communicate it. Eventually, I wrote for the Times Saturday magazine in 2016 a long essay on my experience. I came out as having suffered from severe mental illness and explained uh, what it was like and the treatments I'd had to recover. And it had, the, the, the essay had, a, the article had a, a, a huge response. I got a bigger post bag, both um, uh, written letters and, 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 uh, and emails um, to a far more voluminous extent than, than anything else I've, I've written on any subject. Many from people um, Times readers who had either gone through a similar experience or whose loved ones had gone through a similar experience 
many medical professionals who were thankful that um, I explained as well as I could what it was like and the, uh, the, the, the remedies available. And at that point, because the, the um, post bag was so, was so large, um, as I say, many from, from Times readers who, who, who were thankful to have uh, read about the subject, many from well-known people as well, um, and as I say, many from medical professionals, I thought I really need to write a book about this. And my publisher um, uh, had read the essay um, in the Times magazine and in fact suggested it to me before I had suggested it to, to her. She said rather diffidently, um, forgive being a grasping publisher, but could you maybe write a book on this? And I was um, very glad to be asked to do it. Um, it took me some time. Um, because um, apart from anything else, I'm not medically trained, I'm not um, psychologically trained. I wanted to talk to real experts in the field, psychiatrists, psychologists, um, neuroscientists and campaigners on mental health and understand as well as I could um, the fields that they work in and give uh, to the best of my ability a reliable account of the state of, um, uh, of science um, and, and indeed um, uh, social science um, in dealing with psychiatric disorders and specifically depressive disorders. So it took me quite a while to write. Um, it is, I hope, um, uh, an accessible read. It's not a long read. And um, whatever else I do in my life, I'm glad to have written about this very severe and debilitating disorder and hoped to have um, increased uh, the public focus on it. I think particularly in the wake of this pandemic, which has caused a great deal of mental suffering as well as the physical effects of, uh, of COVID, um, I hope that it will um, raise the profile of uh, treatments for depressive disorder and give some reassurance to people who are going through it. Mm, absolutely. What surprised you the most when you were researching the book? On the one hand, the illness of um, depressive disorder and other psychiatric disorders, I, I mean, it, it sounds a, a, an obvious point to say they are illnesses of, of, of the brain, but it's not particularly obvious. Um, uh, modern neuroscience has been able to illuminate the workings of the mind by explaining how brain states and reactions in the brain, and specifically the um, the actions of neurons or nerve cells within the brain give rise to all our thoughts and emotions and memories and some malfunction of the brain um, can lead to depressive disorder. But we actually know very little about um, the brain simply because it is the most complex organ we have. Um, there are within the brain about 100 billion nerve cells or neurons and trillions of connections between them. Our understanding of the brain is still, uh, I mean, we've made leaps and bounds in it, but it's still quite rudimentary. Um, only in the last century was it discovered that, that it was the action of neurons that created thought. So we don't know a great deal about it. But the other, the counterpoint is that we do know, despite the mysteriousness of consciousness and of mental processes, we do know treatments that are effective. The, the clinical trials have been done. It's tempting to say that uh, whatever works for the patient is um, beneficial. And 
I, I would encourage uh, anyone suffering from um, either low mood or persistent low mood, which is what depressive disorder is, to find someone trusted to talk to, either a friend or um, a, a professional specialist. The mere act of talking to someone who is detached and can and can listen sympathetically is a is a great thing. Um, but there are also treatments that we know from the trials have actually worked. Um, the NICE guidelines, the um, National Institute of for clinical excellence guidelines on depression do recommend interpersonal therapy and the type of therapy that I had, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which um, doesn't require a skilled practitioner, though I was very fortunate to have one, a, a clinical psychologist um, uh, who, who worked in NHS practice and, and then set up her own practice. So I think that the thing that surprised me was first, how little we actually know about the operations of the brain because of the complexity of that organ. But second, that we've managed to discover or experts and scientists have managed to discover um, uh, treatments that do actually work. And as I said earlier, um, the, anyone um, seeking professional help should feel under no stigma for doing so. It's absolutely vital that depressive disorder gets treated. And it, um, culturally, we've, we've left the sort of um, ethos and atmosphere where um, if someone says you should see a psychiatrist, it's intended as an insult. Seeing a psychiatrist or a clinical psychologist, if you're, or, 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 or uh, another form of psychotherapist, um, if you're suffering from um, psychiatric disorder is, is absolutely vital. And, and, um, and, and I cannot stress too much that, um, that, that, that your health and maybe your life may be at stake in, in, in doing so. One key thing that stood out to me from your book, and that actually really helped me because I was a bit sort of, I go through ups and downs with my bipolar disorder, but you, you have the phrase in there, you can't think your way out of depression. Could you explain a bit more about that and how that helped you personally? Yes, because my professional life is spent in, uh, in thinking and then writing things down, and because my personal philosophy, um, I like to think of as, as rationalism. It's tempting to think that, it's tempting to imagine that by the exercise of thought, you can, um, uh, you can achieve things. And, and, and of course you can achieve things. But when my mind collapsed and I desperately wanted to know what had gone wrong, I had the idea that by simply thinking through the matter, I could arrive at a resolution of the problem. And it's crucial in dealing with depressive disorder to realize that this is actually not the case, or it's not necessarily the case. If you suffer from depressive disorder, then by definition, your mind will not be working properly. You will see the world in somewhat different ways from normality. You'll tend to see it as a very threatening and bleak place, as indeed I did. And I was absolutely convinced that the reason I had got into this state was my own personal depravity, that I was evil. Um, as it is, I'm, I'm imperfect and flawed like everyone else, but um, I had interpreted my flaws to such a, an extreme extent that I was convinced that I was evil and that everyone knew about it. And if you're in this sort of psychological state and you attempt to think your way out of it, it's very unlikely to work. What you will do instead is you will lock yourself into a cycle of rumination 
and self-flagellation that just makes the problem worse and worse. And this is what happened to me. The essence of the psychological treatment that I had is that your, um, your thoughts affect your feelings. Um, uh, to give a, a, a very uh, common example, everyone at some time goes through disappointments in love and in uh, difficulties in relationships, marital, perhaps marital breakup, relationship breakup. It's, as everyone knows, it's incredibly painful at the time. And um, it's, it's a very common human experience. Um, what um, may happen in cases of uh, depression following it is if you lock yourself into the cycle of thinking, um, well, this happened because, um, because I'm evil and um, I'm obtuse and I didn't see the signs of it. And I can't understand why I didn't see the signs of it. Now, you can't think your way out of that. You've got to feel your way out of it with um, the help, in my case, of a, of, a, of a psychological expert, psychological practitioner who trains me to catch the depressive thoughts as they emerged and not to interpret every setback in the most catastrophic way possible. Um, uh, and it's a difficult lesson because I, I believe that the power of human reason is very great indeed. But sometimes there are things that elude human reason and an ability to empathize and to feel is what's necessary. And it certainly is in the case of, um, of dealing with and treating depressive disorder. Is there anything that you'd like to say to anybody who's struggling right now with depression? Yes, absolutely. I would say not only to anyone who is, first I'd say to anyone who is struggling with depression, there are treatments that can help. You are not alone in this. You're not alone in this within your families and within your circle of friends. You may have cut yourself off believing, as I did in my case, that you are incurable and um, insufferable and depraved. This is not the case at all. There are people who care about you and who love you and who want to help you. Um, and they can point you to people with real professional expertise that will transform the state you're in at the moment. And I'd also say to those who see a loved one or a friend or perhaps a colleague or just an associate, and they don't seem quite right, they seem to be suffering, and there are no physical injuries, but a sort of torpor and sluggishness and distress. Um, don't hesitate to say to that person, maybe drop them a text or an email. Don't hesitate to say to that person, I don't know quite what you're going through, but be assured I am here to talk at any time. Um, you may not get a reply. If they're suffering from depression, it's quite likely you won't, but that message won't be overlooked um, and, and, and it can't come too soon. Don't hesitate to drop that, that email or that text. If someone you know uh, you are worried about, it, it, it can make all the difference. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review 
on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.